Welcome to the teaching ministry of Faith Bible Church. We pray as you listen to the following message, you will be encouraged and equipped to passionately pursue Christ. For more information, please visit our website at fbcevansville.com. So I would say, um, I myself, I'm not a big grumbler in my own life. I'm usually a pretty go-with-the-flow kind of guy. I attribute that very much to the Army, where it's a hurry-up-and-wait mentality, where you get orders and tasks, and once those orders and tasks are actually given to you, it could be hours before you actually execute those orders and tasks, but you're ready to go. So you just kind of sit there and you just relax. That's kind of how I view things, which annoys, I know, many people in my life, because there's a lot of people that like plans. There are many people in my life that like plans. So whenever we go on vacation, uh, whenever we go on vacation, we we often go with my my sister. When we go with my sister, my sister is very much a planner. She likes everything to the minute planned out. She'll send out an itinerary. One time they decided to let me plan this out. I said, okay, we're going to show up to the house. And after that point, we'll figure out what we want to do. And that just blew her mind. She could not imagine life like that. So I attribute to the fact that I'm not a huge grumbler. Do I need to move? Am I getting a lot of feedback from that? Okay. Am I moving closer to the speaker? Have I done something different from last week from up here? Absolutely not. There's <laughs> no way that I can do that. In fact, I tried that this week. My youngest two just died laughing at the attempt. So I attribute the fact that I'm kind of a go-with-the-flow guy to the fact that I'm not a huge grumbler. However, um, there's also many times that I can find myself just diving into that deep pool of complaining when the circumstances arise. And most oftentimes that is because of outward circumstances around me and or outward people around me that allow me to dive into that complaining. I work in logistics. Um, and within logistics, there is a constant strong current of complaining. If there's a particularly bad day, as I was writing out this lesson, I thought of this, but if there's a particularly bad day at work, and it's going on in the terminal, it's not uncommon to hear one of my drivers walk through the building going, man, this would be a great place to open up a shipping terminal. And what they're really saying in that is that what's going on is because I'm not running this place and nobody's going to listen to me about it. What's really going on there is that it's being expressed here is that there's grumbling and complaining. They're not listening to me, so I'm not going to be happy about it, so I'm going to make it known. Instead of focusing on the things that are going right, the fact that they have a job, the fact that I have a job, the fact that the job's pretty secure, the fact that there's always freight coming in the building. Yeah, I'm getting out the door maybe a half hour, 45 minutes later than I should be. However, I'm getting out the door and I'm going to go do my job and get a paycheck. The fact is they're unhappy about the fact that they're delayed by a half hour, 45 minutes. Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be laying out the groundwork for how to combat being a grumbler and how to live our lives in true joy. Much like building a new building, the steps that we have to take need to have a blueprint. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to give you a four-point blueprint for how to be grateful in your life through day-to-day circumstances. This is just going to be the kind of the intro over the next, really, three weeks. We'll be laying out this blueprint to build off of. And then after that, we'll get more into application of how this actually applies and flows through our lives on a daily basis. 
The first thing that we need to look at whenever we're looking at this blueprint of gratitude is that we need to be thankful. So that begs the question of what is thanksgiving to you? If someone were to, I'm genuinely opening up the floor to this, but if someone were to walk up to you and ask you what your definition of thanksgiving is, what would you say? Contentment. Contentment. Anybody else? Whenever I say things, oh yeah, Kathy. Looking outward instead of inward and being grateful for what you see. Yep. Did it, when I said Thanksgiving, did anyone literally think of Thanksgiving? Like the meal, the time? That's in the book. The, the whole intro is nothing but him talking about Thanksgiving and how that's like adapted our entire mindset in the country about what Thanksgiving is. So before we get into what a right view of Thanksgiving is, I think it's important for us to really hit on what wrong views of Thanksgiving are. The first one that we're going to go over is that it's not a contract between us and God. How we often view it is that contract man mentality. An example of that, I already talked about it a little bit, but when I was first getting started in my career field, uh, I got the opportunity to interview with a company that would allow me to get into freight transportation, which is what I'm in now. So like big pallets, pick up huge pallets here and there. So I had the opportunity to interview for a job that would allow me to break into that field. I didn't really know that much about it. However, I knew that if I was gonna stay in logistics and transportation, that's the field that I wanted to go towards. Thankfully, I got the job and it opened up a lot of doors to me. However, just being thankful that it worked out for me and my family is not true Thanksgiving. So as I sit here and think about the path that that led me down, what would my reaction have been if I didn't get the job? Would I still be grateful to the Lord? Would I, would I have been content in where the Lord was leading me? I knew that that's the field that I wanted to go down, but if the Lord shut that door to me, would I still have been thankful in my life for that? We often wrongly view Thanksgiving as some kind of spiritual contract. If God blesses me with what I want, I will do my part and be thankful for that blessing. That's not true thanksgiving. That's actually kind of arrogance. We have this wrong view of who we are and that if we get what we want, we're going to be thankful for that. Whereas we need to have that, that non-arrogant view and that non-spiritual contract view of thanksgiving as I'm going to be thankful in every circumstance. That's easy for me to say up here. You know, easy for me to say having got that job. However, that's what we're called to live our lives out as, as Christians not living a spiritual contract of give and take with God. At one point, I'm, I think it's next week, I'm going to steal Caleb's thunder if he's going to use it, but he mentions the fact that what we often think, view our relationship with God as is everything that we do is a tax to the Lord. And the wrong, the way that that is wrong is the fact that the Lord needs none of our taxes. If you think about a tax, the government needs our taxes. They need our taxes to build our roads. They need our taxes to pay for different things. I need our taxes to keep us safe. However, the Lord doesn't need our taxes. So whenever we give thanksgiving, we often view that as that spiritual contract, that tax being given to God so that the blessings will continue. That's not how it works. He is not obligated to give us any blessings. He's not he doesn't need our taxes from us. He just wants our thanksgiving. He, re he requires our thanksgiving from us. 
Another wrong view of thanksgiving is a wrong desire to continue blessings from the Lord. When I was, I can't remember my exact age, it was either 10 or 12. I can remember my grandma and grandpa lived in Nebraska. It's where my mom's originally from. So we would go to this very small, I always describe it as like a leave it to beaver type town in Nebraska. It was just on um, the border of Iowa. We would go there, it seemed like every other, but it was probably a little more often than that actually, Christmas. We would go there and we'd have Thanksgiving, or not Thanksgiving, we'd have Christmas with my mom's side of the family. I can remember when I was 10 or 12 years old, I can distinctly remember that I opened up one of my presents and it was a McGruff the Crime Dog book that had my name very specifically put in throughout all the pages. As a 12-year-old boy getting a McGruff the Crime Dog book, I was not exactly excited. It wasn't the present that I was expecting. However, it was one that everyone knew was either bought for me years before and forgotten about, or it was one that she had just found and decided to give to me anyway. It was one that was very misunderstood if it wasn't that, though, as well. When I opened it, I, I did what was expected. I was happy, I was thankful, I was polite. However, thankfulness is not, or that was not genuine thankfulness. So me just going up to my grandma after getting this McGruff the Crime Dog book and selling her thank you was not genuine thankfulness from my heart. What it really was, was me checking a box in hopes that I would later on get a better present next year. What it was, was continuing to pay that tax to my grandma of, hey, I love this McGruff the Crime Dog book. There's this new thing called a Game Boy. That'd be great. I don't know if anyone's told you about this, but hey, next year, but just a thought, just a thought. McGruff is great. Mario's awesome, Grandma. If I showed that happiness and thankfulness the next year, I would possibly get a better and bigger gift and one that was actually for a 13-year-old boy. But that's not true thankfulness. That's actually just a social contract. Much like the last wrong thankful view was a spiritual contract, that's just a social contract. That's what's expected of me as a little boy. That's what's expected of us as adults whenever we get presents. So we're expected to give that thankfulness. True thankfulness is thankfulness in all circumstances and outcomes. We lack true thankfulness and gratitude because we lose sight of the continual blessings and grace that we experience on a daily basis. We get the job that we, that we think, I'm apologizing, we get the job so we think that we are blessed, but if we don't get the job, is God still good in our eyes? If we believe he is, then why do we lack the thanksgiving and the thankfulness to express in all circumstances, not just the good ones? A great example of this that we see in the Bible is Job. So if you look at the, the beginning of Job, the first uh, chapter, we see the, the, the events of Job's life playing out. So we have the devil goes to, to God tells him he's been roaming about the earth. God tells him, well, have you thought about my, my servant Job? And he fights back and says, well, I can't touch him. You blessed him too much. You're, you've got protection over him. I can't do anything to him. So God pulls back that protection, says, you can do whatever you want, just do not touch his health. So in that first chapter of Job, what we see is that his oxen and donkeys are taken. His sheep and servants are killed. Camels and servants are taken. And then his sons and his daughters are killed. 
All of this is notified by servants, one right after another coming up to him. It even says in that chapter that before the first one's done speaking, the next one comes in and starts telling him. So all these are, are notified one right after another in the same conversation. We see in Job 1, 20 through 22 what Job's reaction was to this. And it says, Then Job arose and tore his robes and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin. Or, ch- or charge God with wrong. So Job loses everything. Job loses everything. And his reaction is to worship and praise the Lord. Can we say that we would do the same if we didn't get the job that we wanted, let alone if all of our property was taken and our kids were taken away from us? He didn't tear his robes and yell, you broke our contract. I'm out. I'm not thankful to you anymore. I'm done. What he did was he worshiped and he prayed. And as we see at the end of that, he did not sin. The events of Job's life are a bit more severe than me getting a McGruff the Crime Dog book at Christmas. Or if I lost that job that I was applying for. I I think we need to refocus our understanding of thankfulness. And I think that we honestly can. The second part of the blueprint for Thanksgiving is that we need to be thankful to God. If the first step in our uh, blueprint to gratitude was that we're thankful for something, then it should be said that our second step is that we're thankful to someone. The Bible never speaks of thankfulness in just generalized terms. It always points to thankfulness to a person. It would be a really odd thing if you really sit and think about it. It would be a really odd thing to be thankful in general. It would be an odd thing to be thankful for something but to no one at all. We are thankful for something. However, we are also thankful to someone. It would be odd, just to kind of go down that path a little bit more, it would be odd if we were just married in general. Like if we just didn't have that someone we were married to, but we went around saying, yeah, I'm married. Who are you married to? Oh, I'm just married. I'm just married. Like that makes no sense. That's the same thing that we have here with Thanksgiving. We often see this this idea of just being thankful without being thankful to anything. We, we see this in what we already talked about in, in this holiday that we have in the United States of Thanksgiving. Everyone gets together and is just thankful. And it often feels like they are just thankful in general. That's one thing I love about uh, this church is the fact that we have that Thanksgiving service and we all get together and we, we're very specific about things that we're thankful for. If we go out in public... Normally, Thanksgiving is just a generalized, I get to eat. I'm just thankful. It's not really thankful to or about anything. It's just Thanksgiving. Being thankful for things, but not thankful to anyone, like I said, would be like just being thankful or being married in general. However, we need to understand that we are thankful for things, but ultimately, we are thankful to God. 
So if we go back to that McGruff the Crime Dog example, it would have been odd for me just to be thankful for this book about a made-up cartoon. I was not thankful to my grandma for this book about this made-up cartoon. Just be thankful for this book would just be a little bit weird, especially at Christmas. It just doesn't really make sense. However, we need to understand that we are thankful for things, but ultimately we're thankful to God. I already said that. So, um, yeah, so our first point was that we are just thankful. What is thankfulness? We're building off of that. So we're thankful in all circumstances, but we're also thankful to God. So what does that do, though? So if we're thankful, we're now thankful to God, where does that lead to? Where that leads to is thankfulness to God being expressed. The next step is how to be thankful and how to express that thanksgiving. It may seem obvious or as if it goes without saying, but in all honesty, we often fail to actually say thanks. We'll be thankful. We'll be thankful to somebody, but we often just hold that close to our chest and not actually execute this, this portion of being thankful in expression. Tim Keller, in this book, he quotes Tim Keller, and Tim Keller puts it this way. It's one thing to be grateful. It's another to give thanks. Gratitude is what we feel. Thanksgiving is actually what we do. We often go about our days happy about blessings or kindness that we receive, but we don't follow through with the action of thanking those that do it. Or most importantly, thanking God for what has been done. Again, in this book, Dustin Crow actually writes, as we respond to God's goodness and grace by giving thanks, it pushes out our resentment, envy, anger, and complaining. Thanksgiving power washes away sinful residue of ingratitude. How often would a kind word of thanks have helped in our relationships in our daily walk? Instead of just taking things for granted and relying on, well, it's kind of obvious, we just stay quiet and go about our day. How many, just sit and think for a minute, how many conflicts in your life do you think could have been resolved by just a kind word of thanksgiving? Instead of just taking it for granted that that person's going to be there or that person understands where your heart is, instead of we've just actually expressed that thanksgiving to that person. We need to, to, to learn to express our gratitude toward God more. Doing so will help us focus our mind more on the good things in life we have received from a good and gracious God and not just on the things we want to grumble and complain about. One of the problems with keeping that, that expression of thanksgiving in, especially expre- expressions of thanksgiving to God, is that it allows our minds to focus on the things that are bad around us. If we force ourselves to focus on the good things going on around us, yeah, we still have to deal with the bad things in our lives. We still have to work through those bad things. However, expressing our thanksgiving and focusing on the good things in life allows us to focus more on the good things of life. Any questions on any of that so far? The fourth step here in our our blueprint to thanksgiving is thankfulness to God leading to a joy in God. So again, I'm just beating this dead horse, but let's look back on McGruff the crime dog. So at the time, uh, being a 12-year-old boy, I was thankful for the book 
because I knew that I was supposed to be and that it came from my grandma. I knew that I needed to be thankful to my grandma for this book. Now, however, as I look back at it as a 37-year-old man, I look back at that book and understand that the, what the present actually was a little bit more. It was something my grandma had to pick out and had to pick out for me specifically. It was personalized to me with my name throughout the book, so she had to have given, given it to me with me in mind. It was something that, if given at the right age, was exactly what I would have wanted. She put time, she put effort, she put joy, and she put love into this present for her grandson. And today, as an adult, the gift brings back really good memories about my grandma and about the circumstances of my life at that time, not the book. What it does for me in focusing on the good things instead of the bad things of a 12-year-old getting this McGruff the Crime Dog book, instead what I do, what you can do is you can focus on the circumstances around that. So my grandma was very loving. My grandma was a fun lady. She was a blast to be around. I loved being around my grandma. This is a side note. I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I think it's hilarious. One day we were driving from her house to a restaurant, and none of us knew that Grandma had false teeth. And somehow Grandma found out that she, nobody, none of us knew she had false teeth. And so she turned around. We were all in the seat behind her, me and my brother and my sister. And she turned around. She was just talking to me, and she fake sneezed and made these false teeth fall out. And all of us were just screaming. Like, that's the kind of lady that my Grandma was. She was a blast. And now looking back at that, I can see that I... I I am thankful for my grandma for putting this time and effort into giving me this gift. Yeah, it was not the right timing as far as my age for this gift, but it was the right grandma to give me this gift. The same can be said for our next point. One, we are grateful for something. Two, we are grateful to someone, that being God. And three, we express the thanksgiving. Now we're putting all those actions together, and it causes us to have joy in God due to that thanksgiving. The gift itself is good because it comes from the Lord. Whatever circumstances you're in, whatever joys you're feeling, whatever grace you're feeling, whatever trials you're in, these are still blessings from the Lord to shape and mold you into who he needs you to be. So the gift itself is good because it comes from the Lord. But being thankful and expressing that thanks really focuses our mind off of that gift and onto the giver. As we express our thanks and abandon our grumbling, it refocuses our mind off that gift onto the giver and the desired paths and makes us focus on that giver. It unifies our thoughts and desires with that of the Lord. Another example I can give on this is... um, Surprisingly, it's on books again. However, a couple years ago, Jess, for my birthday, got me two books. She got me one. It was like the complete compiled works of John Piper's biographies. It's a huge book, like shockingly large book, to the point that she's reading it right now, and she asked Reese to go get it for her one night. And Reese was bringing it up the stairs, and we heard Reese drop it twice, and she walks in, and she goes, this thing's heavy, and just like flopped it onto the bed. And she got me that book, and she also got me uh, lectures to my students by Charles Spurgeon. I have not 
made it through either one of these in the last two years. However, what this did do was it told me that Jessica knows me and loves me. She knows that I love history and I love biographies. She knows that I love Spurgeon and I love his, his writings. I like listening to his sermons either replayed by somebody else or in written form. She knows me enough to get me these two things. That can be said about the gifts we have in our life from the Lord as well. As we take the steps into thanksgiving, it builds our trust in God. Our fears and our anxieties and our worries get smaller as our view of God gets bigger. And the way that our view of God gets bigger is focusing on thanksgiving in all circumstances. If our desire is for us to be the center of everything, we're not going to be thankful. We're going to constantly grumble and complain because it's not about us. Not all things are going to go our way. Not all things are going to go the way that we want them to go. So what that does as we focus on ourselves instead of on the giver of all good things, what it does is it allows grumbling and complaining and strife to enter our hearts and it gets expressed in ways that are not helpful for anything. However, if we focus on the good giver, it pushes all those things out of us. Our, our, like I said, our fears, our anxieties, our worries, all those things just get smaller and smaller as we rely on the good things and the good God that we serve. Instead of viewing God as an absent, distant figure looking down on us, we begin to see him for who he is, a caring, loving father who gives good gifts. We often lose sight of what being thankful truly is, and that's one big cause for us grumbling. When we add, that, add to that the lack of focus to what we learned last week, a right view of man. I just lost my complete place in my notes. When we add to that the focus of what we learned last week, a right view of man and who man is, it creates a perfect storm for grumbling. There's a, a book that I'm reading through right now. It's, it's great. If you've got time, it's a really small one. If you've noticed, a lot of mine are really small ones. But it's, it's called Dream Small. It's by Seth Lewis, and the subtitle to it is The Secret Power of Ordinary Christian Life. One thing he says in here, and I wish I would have got to this chapter before last week, because the last week was basically everything that we talked about last week, and so this right view of who man is. One thing he says in, the, in this book is, yet, here we are, the dust that doesn't begin to move the scales, shouting up and shaking our microscopic fist at our maker, telling him to move over and make way for our own personal ambitions. It would be too preposterous to believe if it weren't so terribly true. Although Lewis Point's point was much different in the book from what we're talking about today, it also fits in here. We lose sight of thanksgiving and want our own selfish desires and that builds our disgruntledness and our feelings of disgruntledness, and we live lives of grumbling. Due to the constraints of time, we've got a little bit of time, but due to what I thought would be the constraints of time, we're not gonna be able to like really dive into a lot of the scripture about Thanksgiving, but that leads me to uh, the homework that you have on the back of your, your page. And I really want you guys to do this homework because it would help out a lot. But if you look at the first homework assignment 
And this is nothing that you have to do specifically. Like you don't have to go down another task to do. I want you to do this while you're doing your quiet time. But if you can grab a pen or a pencil, if you're comfortable doing that, during your daily quiet time, mark anywhere that you see thanksgiving and gratitude or anything containing giving thanks to God. And then write down some examples here. There's a ton of them. Like, it's one of those things that, like, as you're reading through your daily quiet time, you don't even realize that they're there until you really focus on it. So as you're reading through your quiet time, start looking for those, those moments of thanksgiving. The other thing that we have down here for homework is to start a journal. Write down ways to be grateful. Record reasons to give thanks, including things you see in the Bible, attributes of God, blessings in your life, ways God is at work, his mercies, ways he is strengthening you and sustaining you in trials or anything or any other reason you can give thanks for. The reason I want you guys to do that is it's one thing to say that you're thankful. It's one thing to say that you're going to reorient your life to be thankful. However, it's another thing to actually sit down and do that. So I think it'd be good for us to really get into the habit of sitting down and just dwelling for just, just a short time. You don't have to take a long time on this. If you want to tack this on to the very beginning or end of your quiet time, that'd be great. But just writing down things that we see in our lives that we're actually truly thankful for. And more importantly, once we've done that, actually expressing that thanks towards the Lord. And then also to those that maybe that thanksgiving or that feeling of gratitude is coming from. Like I said earlier, it's something that we often lose sight of in the fact that we don't express that thanksgiving. We just hold it close to our chest instead of actually following through with being thankful. I think that if we would go about our day actually giving thanks like we think we do, or like it's being stuck in our head, we would find ourselves being less disgruntled in life. Any questions on any of this, this class today? It's a little bit shorter than the last couple ones but it's just starting to lay the foundation for where we're going. Over, like I said, over the next few weeks, we're gonna do this one. We're gonna have two more weeks of kind of this groundwork, and then after that, we're gonna get into more like circumstances, like how are we thankful, how are we grateful in different circumstances in our lives and things like that.